Good afternoon, Augusta and surrounding areas. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the June 17th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by my favorite airport, the Augusta Regional Airport, and my favorite consulting firm, my firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, LLC. Today, we are going to take on the topic of Census 2020. When we began this year, uh, we knew that this was the time for the census. We knew that this was also uh, the time for us to elect uh, several offices to include president. So we knew that 2020 would be a landmark year regardless. However, as things have evolved, we have found ourselves in a situation uh, where we have a worldwide pandemic uh, that has affected so many people in uh, the United States of America and worldwide. Uh, we also have uh, witnessed, unfortunately, a, uh, a group of policemen uh, kill a, a young man in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, and that has turned the world upside down. So we knew 2020 was a landmark year. We didn't know how much of one it was going to be, uh, but that has given us that much more to think about and that much more to talk about. Uh, today, we are going to go back to one of those primary issues that we were uh, expecting for 2020, and that is the U.S. Census. Uh, every 10 years, the United States government tries to get an accurate count of how many people are in the United States of America, and we've got to retrain our thoughts back to that process because that is so important. Our guest today is Marilyn Stevens. She is a veteran of the U.S. Census Bureau, and I'm going to invite her now to say hello to you and tell us about her title and her job responsibilities at the Census Bureau. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Janice. I really appreciate this. I'm Marilyn Stevens, Assistant Regional Census Manager for the U.S. Census Bureau of the Atlanta region. Um, our responsibilities cover um, the media and special initiatives for our seven state uh, region. Uh, we have seven states, uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, both Carolinas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. So essentially you are covering what we tr traditionally refer to as the Black Belt states. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Okay. Can you tell us, just to start off, um, Folks are sometimes are hesitant to complete the census, um, and I have heard all sorts of excuses. You know, things like, I don't want those people in my business. Um, there's nothing useful that they do with that data anyway. Um, they just don't seem to capture the significance of doing that. Uh, can you tell me some of the reasons that you've heard that people don't want to complete the census? and what your response is to those people when they say those things to you. Well, I've heard all sorts of things in my 22 years with the Census Bureau um, about why people, first thing you have to think about it, this is a, an exercise that's constitutionally mandated, that we count all persons, Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution, all persons every 10 years, and we do that in years ending in zero. And the primary reason for taking a census 
is to determine how many seats in Congress each state gets. And one of the things that I tell people that when Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech in, uh, at, at the, with the March on Washington, there were only about six uh, black congressional representatives in Congress and one Hispanic. And today, there are 56 uh, black congressmen and women and 46 Hispanic congressmen and women. And if you would speak to each of them individually, one thing they will tell you that they owe that district to the census. Because it's the census numbers that determined that African-Americans and Hispanics and Asians and Native Americans should have representation in Congress based on those numbers. That's number one. Um, every excuse that I have heard from I'm scared, people going to use my information against me, it's not going to make a difference in my, in, in my life, um, I forgot about it. Um, and But one of the things that I like to talk about, uh, even though I am from South Florida, I started my census career in Chicago. And one day I had gone to a census meeting um, with some grassroots organizations, and it was a cold, snowy day, naturally, in Chicago. And the snow had stopped, and I was going to another meeting, and I realized that my car was so covered with uh, salt. If you've lived in that part of the country, you know what that means. And I said, oh, there's a car wash. Let me run in there and get them to wash some of the salt off my car. I have a little time before my next meeting. So when I turned into the car wash, I didn't really think about what uh, community that I was in. But when I pulled in, that little uh, voice that sits on your shoulder and taps you every once in a while said, you need to back out, you're in the wrong place. And when I realized, I said, wow, that's right. And so when I went to back out, I noticed that three cars had pulled behind me, so I could not leave. So I said, oh, I'm a federal employee, I'm okay, nothing will happen to me. So when I stepped out of my car, a young man approached me, and I was real fearful. And the first thing he said to me, oh, you're the census lady. And when he said that, I became at ease. And I said, wow, he must recognize me from church. He doesn't go, but he probably drops his grandma off, and, and I'm a volunteer, so he recognizes me as a greeter. And so he said, oh, Miss Census Lady, tell me why the census is important to me. So I began to tell him about why we take a census, um, about its importance for apportionment and resources. And he said, no, no, no. That's the company line. Tell me why the census is important to me. So when he said it to me like that, I put my hand somewhat over my, uh, just up to my uh, shoulder, and I felt Something. I had on a huge census button. So if he didn't know me, he just saw that button that I had on. And then I became fearful. And then he said it again, come on, tell me why I should participate in the census. And I asked him, I said, do you gamble? And he says, yes. And then he said some expletives. And he said, well, why do you want to know if I gamble? I said, when you gamble, who do you watch? So all of his friends started chiming in, which I didn't need any more company. 
in that conversation. But he never said a word. And then finally I said to him, who do you watch when you gamble? And he said, I watch the man with the money. Because everybody else has said the person at the front door, the one at the back door, the one by the front window, all. He said, I watch the man with the money. I said, you and I can talk. Step over here to my office. So I said to him, when you participate in the census, then you're contributing to the number of representatives that your state gets. And the more representatives that your state gets, the bigger that state's voice. And the bigger that state's voice, the wider the pipeline of resources that will be allocated uh, based on a funding formula that includes these population numbers. And I said that, I said there are millions of dollars annually. At the time, and that census is only like 400 million, now it's $675 billion uh, a year. And I said, and that's, you know, over a decade, that's real money. And I said, things like uh, uh, early childhood, early Head Start, Head Start. And when I said Head Start, he said, wait a minute. He said, my little girl um, was told that she couldn't be in Head Start. And because they didn't have any more slots. He said, that didn't make any sense. So she had to wait out a year. I said, you know why? Because in the funding formula, the numbers didn't support the need. Because someone did not include all the children in the census. So they allocate the money they based on these numbers. And then I talked about the free and reduced lunch program. I said, what do you know about SNAP benefits? And then he, and he told me about those. And I said, and WIC. I said, these are important programs to us. I said, and here in this city with potholes, we need good roads, good highways. All of those funds come through a pipeline that uses those population statistics. I said, so when you participate in the census, you are watching the man with the money. You are determining where your fair share of resources are going. And he said, wow. He said, that's, he said, that's deep. Why nobody else ever told us that? I said, that's why I'm here. That's why they hired me. I said, I came here for a car wash, but I think I came here for more. I said, there are three things you need to know about the census that is important. It's important because it helps us get the representation that we need to plead our case. It also helps that pipeline of $675 billion in resources, $7 trillion over a decade, that comes down through our communities. This is why it's important. What's important to you? If, if, if social services are important to you, you need to participate in the system. If health care is important to you, you need to participate in the census. If funding for rural hospitals, emergency management, emergency preparedness, if, and here we are in a pandemic, if that's important to you, you need to participate in the census. If education is important to you, Head Start, Early Head Start, the Free and Reduced Lunch Program for Children, Title I grants, bilingual education, even Pell grants for college students, and many other education programs. If these are important to you, you need to participate in the census. If services for seniors are important to you, you need to participate in the census. Services like transportation for seniors and Meals on Wheels, just to name a few. If um, veteran services are important to you, you need to participate in the census. If highway construction and planning is important to you, 
you need to participate in the census. If community development block grants that give grassroots organizations funding, you need to participate in the census. And he said to me, I need to participate in the census. And then he says, you said, is it easy to participate in the census? For 2020, absolutely. Absolutely it's easy. You know, uh, Janet, you discussed with me before we started the show that your mom would complete the census, you know, fill out that paper questionnaire, put it in the envelope, and, and send it back in. And if she was still alive today, even though we have options to make it easier for people to participate in the census, you can go online and complete it in less than 10 minutes or call our toll-free number and talk with a representative and do it by phone, but she would still choose the traditional way of completing that paper questionnaire and giving it to the postal carrier and mailing it back. But the number one reason people don't want to participate in the census is they said, somebody is going to use my information against me. That's why I don't want to participate. So let me set that, let me set the record straight. There are two laws that cover census data. Title 13 of the United States Code and Title 44 of the United States Code. Title 13 states that the Census Bureau can only publish information in statistical form. We cannot publish anything that will identify an individual, a household, or even an establishment with the responses they provide to us. Then Title 13 goes another step further. All census employees have what's called lifetime sworn status. So even after I leave my employment with the Census Bureau, I still cannot reveal anything that will identify an individual, a household, or an establishment with the information they provided to us. There is a five-year prison term and or a $250,000 fine per infraction. The law even goes further than that. That's how serious it is that no entity, no agency can get your information. No law enforcement, no police, no FBI, no CIA, no IRS, no ICE, no immigration cannot be subpoenaed by the court, cannot be gotten by the president, cannot be gotten by me. And then the other law is Title 44, which states that census data is sealed for 72 years. 72 years. So when you listen on TV and they say, do your genealogy search, you can look at the census record. The last census that we released was the 1940 census. We released that in 2012. The next census to be released will be the 1950 census that will be released in 2022. Because then the 72 years in the law would have been met. So the census is important. It is easy with three options to respond and it's safe and secure. That's my central census message. All right. Thank you so much for that information, because those are entirely exactly some of the things that I've heard um, out in the community from folks that just think that there's no reason for them to participate. I also have heard and you can please verify for me if this is true. I have heard that 
the biggest areas of undercount are going to be ethnic minorities, in particular African-American men, and it's going to be the counting of small children. Can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. That's one of the things that um, children, especially those under five, that parents tend to leave them off of the questionnaire. And we have really made a a very uh, concerted effort uh, this cycle to encourage parents and to remind them that in a census, everyone counts. Uh, It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter the uh, race, uh, ethnicity, culture, citizenship status, documented, undocumented, none of that matters in a census because you are, your data, is, your information is protected. So the education programs suffer greatly when parents do not include the children. So the key part about, about that is include everybody. Now, babies born on or before April 1st of this year will be in this census. If a baby is born on April 2nd, they will not be in this census. Since the reference date uh, for the census is April 1st. Who was living in the United States on April the 1st of 2020? So that's the Otherwise, all the children should be counted. And I know this only comes around every 10 years. So people forget what happened 10 years ago. You know, just think about it. The millennial parents who were, who were not 18 and 34, 10 years ago, they were just, um, what, uh, 8, 10, 8, 8, 8 years old, and 24. So someone else did the census for them. So they have no idea about the census. So that's a big um, part of the of, of the cohort. Uh, minorities have been traditionally afraid of gov- uh, government knowing information about them, so they shy away. But as you can see, look at all the programs that we all depend on. That was just a few. There are more than 140 programs. And we can get shortchanged. So the key is uh, don't leave money on the table. Uh, get your fair share for your community. Once every 10 years, we get this, what I call reset, where we can reset uh, the pipeline of the resources and ensure that we get our fair share. Okay. And and can you clarify for those who have not completed their forms yet or haven't even looked at the form, the form came, they put it in file 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I types of questions? Right. What types what types of questions uh, are you all asking on the form? Well, we ask basic questions on the form. Your name, of course, how many people living in this house? Uh, we also ask your telephone number. Only in the event that we need to call you, whether it comes to, the, to your door, we can call you to get a clarification. We ask your birth date. Uh, we ask your uh, gender. We ask your race. And this is the first time in history where you could put a country of origin. Therefore, the uh, members of the uh, black diaspora uh, can actually put Nigerian, Haiti, Jamaica, Trinidad, Bermuda, you know, different uh, parts of the world. For the foreign-born black population, that will be different. Uh, we also ask of everybody in the household, what is their relationship to the person completing the form? Uh, and that's all we ask. Okay. And guess what? If in case of an emergency and you had to be relocated, like the people had to do during Katrina and Rita in 2005, and you didn't have anything to identify who you were, you can get a, a document from the Census Bureau that says, I am Marilyn Stevens, and I was this age in a census. And with that document, you can get entitlement. Oh. Uh, you can get a passport and really put your life back together. 
Okay. All right. That's helpful. I didn't know that myself. Um, so yeah, if one I can't get you information, but you can. Okay. All right. Great. So now taking a little bit of a turn just to look at how we are doing in the region in which you work, in particular, how things are going in Georgia. Um, can you just talk a little bit about where we are right now in terms of self-response rates? Uh, in the Augusta, Richmond area, uh, your response rate is about 55.4% overall. And that's about five points under of the national response rate that is really close to 61 percent so but when i look at take a closer look um at at, at the augusta richmond uh county area i i do have some concerns and i have some concerns in certain zip codes because in the 30905 and 30805 zip code the response rate is only like 42 percent uh, okay. so that's really behind Okay. And then I look at um, in the 30912 zip code, those response rates range from a low of 28.5% to 39%, which is extremely low. Okay. And then 30906 is just barely making 50%. So there are some, some parts um, of, of the Augusta Richmond area that have a 70% response rate. And then when you look at these other places where there's a 28% response rate, that's a concern. Okay. I would that's imagine. And, and And tell us, what does the Census Bureau do uh, for those that aren't responding? I understand at October 31st, I believe, is the uh, cutoff date for self-response rates. Tell me what the procedure right. of the Census Bureau right. is. I'd like to tell people that the original self-response period was March 12th to July 31st. So right now, if we were... Before COVID, we would actually be in the field knocking on doors to non-responding households. Uh, we won't start knocking on doors to the end of July. But we don't want to knock on the door. We want people to self-respond. We want them to understand the importance of this civic engagement that the census uh, brings these resources to our communities. Uh, and, what, and, you know, they redraw the lines you hear a lot about. You'll hear Stacey Abrams and, and other community leaders talk about redistricting. And most people don't realize that after the census, part of the redistricting are voting districts. So they're going to re- so you could you could lose voting districts uh, if the population doesn't show that there needs to be a district in a certain place. So the census, a lot hinges on the census. It's so important. There are um, hip hop stars and and celebrities and athletes and elected officials. Uh, uh, everyone is saying, please complete the census. Uh, overall, the African-American community is, is coming in uh, lower than the other racial groups in participating in the census for self-response. And we are hoping that that will, ch- will change over the next few weeks. And we thank you, Janice, for, for your uh, forward thinking and having this program. I really thank you for being uh, my guest today. Um, There's just so much uh, that our people need to know uh, that they don't understand about how government works. And the purpose of my show is to help them get a better understanding of how the government uh, can work on our behalf. But we have to help the government help us. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. When it says we the people... Uh, I saw. I saw. It says, "We the people." Look in the mirror. We are the people, and and because we are a democracy, one of the ways that we find out how America knows what America needs is through the census. Okay. All right.
Right. It's through the census. And our participation will ensure that the community gets a fair share of these $7 trillion over the, over the course of a decade. That's important. We don't want we don't want our children to have to wait a year to get into Head Start. You know, we don't want uh, our schools uh, to get low funding. So the numbers have to support the needs. And when we don't participate in the census, then all the children show up to school, then they've got to, the resources have to be spread more thinly, and we don't want that. Okay. We've got about one more minute. Um, if Is there anything else that you feel like is important to share with our listeners? Yes. Um, it's important to do the census, and I've told you why. Because it's about two things, political power and money. It's easy. You can go online at my2020census.gov, and in less than 10 minutes, Somebody said they had 11 people in their house, and they completed the census in nine minutes at my2020census.gov. Or you can call our toll-free number at 1-844-330-2020, talk with the representative, and complete it by telephone. Or you can be a traditionalist. By now, you've received a paper questionnaire if you haven't responded, and you can complete it, put it in the envelope, no postage needed and send it back to us. And you know it's safe and secure because it's covered by two laws that protect your information. All there's left is for you to act and act today. All right. Thank you so much for being uh, my guest today. Um, we sometimes don't understand all of the inner workings of government. Uh, as we talked um, you uh, before the show got started, you told us you've been a career census professional, having been there, worked full-time for 20 years. Uh, there are people who uh, just joined the Census Bureau for the uh time that a census is going on, but um, this is a full-time operation to uh, work on census issues, and uh, we appreciate everything that uh, the Census Bureau does, everything that you're doing personally uh, to ensure that we get an accurate count for uh, our region uh, so that we can all indeed stand up and be counted. Thanks so much today for being my guest, and um, we look forward to getting uh, great results from your work. Thanks so much. And thank you for inviting me. If you would like more information about census response rates, uh, the Census Bureau makes it really easy to get that information. If you go to 2020census.gov and then look for response rates, you can actually see the response rates of every state, county, and congressional district in the United States. Right now, I'm taking a look at the Richmond County uh, self-response rates. Um, the self-response rate, as Ms. Stevens indicated, is 55.4% for Richmond County. We have some census tracts where the response rate is 70%. And unfortunately, we have a couple where the response rates are in the 28 to 32% rate. So that illustrates what a diverse county that Richmond is. We know that. Um, and it's reflected 
reflected in how we respond to requests for information from the government. As she has indicated, it is so important that everybody respond. Um, this is something that affects everybody, and everybody therefore has a reason to do this. Uh, when you respond, you are responding as of April 1st. As she indicated, if there was a baby born on April 1st, you count that child. Also, if there was a death in the family and the person uh, died um, on or right before April 1st, they are not to be counted. It really is counting who was in your household as of that date. Next week, our show will be about Uh, health disparities and how we take care of ourselves. I'll have a guest from the American Heart Association to come in and talk some more about how we maintain good health. As always, if you miss a show, you can always go to my profile on SoundCloud. That is SoundCloud slash Local Matters Podcast, or you can go directly to my website, JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. I have all of my shows posted there. You all know that I lean very heavily on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and I want you to too. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making to ensure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK because local matters.